We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Steven Adams is a monster, man. He's a, <laughs> he's a monster like somebody from Game of Thrones or something. Like we call him uh, Gandalf because like he's never early or late. He's always <laughs> at the right time. Coming off the bench, and the second question is for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my job is to never stop, regardless of percentages. I don't really give a damn about percentages, honestly. All I care about is wins. What's up? Thank you guys for tuning in to The Uncontested, where we cover the NBA, OKC Thunder, and pop culture. You can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and soon on Spotify. I've said that every week for like four weeks now. Eventually, we'll be on Spotify. And you can find them all through our website at theuncontestedsports.com. I am the Thunder Mob, Jacob Niffen, and today I am joined by... The guy who got yelled at by an old man at the Thunder game, call me Armorabian. That's me. Literally sad. the only person on Twitter after the Denver game who said Billy Donovan coached well, Taylor Peterson. April Fools, Billy sucks, and <laughs> Mo Cheeks should be president, apparently. <laughs> and the man who one time fit an entire sushi roll in his mouth at once, Nick Crane. Make Mello great again. Gentlemen, let's just jump straight into the state of the thunder. Oh, boy. Okay, so this <laughs> past week, we did a lot of uh, rankings. We did a lot of predictions. Though I think the worst that we said OKC would go this past week, including today, was, uh, like, what, one and two? So that's what we got. That was, or I think it was two and one. It wasn't one and two. But uh, this week, OKC had a kind of a rough week. They played Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. They lost to the Spurs. 99 to 103. They lost Friday at home to the Nuggets in overtime, 126 to 125. And then today, OKC goes down with a lot of urgency on defense and beat the Pelicans, 109 to 104. But uh, Jake's got some stuff for the San Antonio Spurs game. 
Yeah, so the San Antonio game, I came into that game thinking the Thunder had a great opportunity. End up losing it, primarily on the offensive end. The Thunder played great defense, held San Antonio to 42% shooting, um, looked really, really good, but they just couldn't score a basket. A lot of missed little bunnies at the rim. Steven Adams just had a really off night down in San Antonio. Russell Westbrook lost his mind late in the game. And surprisingly enough to me, DeJounte Murray for the Spurs played, from what I've seen, maybe his best game as a pro. Yep. I Pop, mean, his, Pop said that was the best game of the season for him. His yep. arms are so incredibly long. He was jumping in passing lanes, creating turnovers, and the Thunder just got the business from LaMarcus Aldridge. He, he completely torched them. Went only 9 of 19. Uh, he slowed down in the second half a bit, but 25 points, 11 rebounds. And the Thunder lost the rebounding battle overall in the game, um, 43 to 48. And it's a, it's a pretty easy stat to track. If the Thunder lose the rebound battle, they typically lose the game. And just down the stretch, the Thunder couldn't, couldn't come up with the stops and couldn't get the buckets to win. What about Friday, Nick? Um, so Friday was a game that I figured we'd turn around and get a pretty easy win after that Spurs loss. Um, the Nuggets are a team that are just, just outside of the playoff race looking in. Uh, I think, I'm not 100% positive on this, but a win in that game would have secured us in the playoffs um, based on the, the Nuggets' current record. Um, of course, we lost in overtime. Um, Millsap. Just last week, we had talked on our pod about how uh, the team had been playing great since he came back, and he tore just with 36. It was all um, our fault. Yeah, it was. We, we're, we're, we're bad karma. <laughs> uh, Jokic played great, as always. He had 23 and 16. Um, I think he's going to be one of the, the next really, really good centers in the league. Um, PG struggled in a full 41 minutes play, still only had 13 points. Um, one positive I did, Jeremy Grant did play very well. He continues to grow and, and expand his game. Um, he is shooting this month a pretty high percentage, close to 40% from three. I don't know if that's something that's short-term or long-term, but either way, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. And then, of course, the interesting uh, Mello not playing uh, in clutch time in the fourth quarter. And that was pretty interesting to me. I'm not sure if that's something that will continue to happen down the stretch and in the playoffs, but it was something we had not seen yet this entire year. So that overall was a very, very interesting game, and we definitely should not have lost that one. The interesting thing was Mello went to go ch- went to go check in, and then he saw, I guess, how how well Jeremy Grant was playing, and he went and told Donovan he was going to sit for the rest mm-hmm. of the regulation. And of course, that's right. Uh, and then, and then all the all the stories after whenever they were interviewing him, um, I, I read a lot of stories that were saying Carmelo was surprised by his benching, which doesn't add up. So I'm not sure what what the real deal is there. Because I did read a couple stories where he said. He was surprised, and I also read the same thing as you, that he, he he's the one that made that decision. So I'm not sure what the deal is there. That's odd. What about Sunday, today, Taylor? What happened in the Pellies game? So we got the win, which was almost essential for us at this point. Um, 
like you said earlier, Kamiari won 109 and 104. Paul George had 27 and 8, which was really nice. Mello got going in the second half, ended up with 16 and 6. And then uh, Steve had 14 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, it was nice to see him kind of get going again after a slow week. So that was nice. But I still just had this weird feeling throughout this game. And that was just confirmed kind of towards the end of clutch time when we let them come back. Um, and I think a perfect example of that is, I forget how much time was left, but Russ goes down and hits like a, a jumper. But then we go back down. We play really soft defense. We allowed more to get a runner. So then Westbrook comes down, cranks up another bad three in clutch time, which is basically a, a, a motif we kind of saw this past week. And then uh, we don't get back. We give up another three-pointer, and that cuts the lead to five points. So I, I wasn't very optimistic about this, but we got the win, which was nice. We moved back into fifth place. Um, PG, after a really hot second quarter, he ended up only eight for 22, uh, two of 10 from three. And he missed 10 of, of his 11 last shots in the second half at one point of the game. So it just was kind of a weird game. Um, went through some hot streaks and went some through some cold streaks, uh, which kind of seems to be symbolic of the season as a whole. So, But we got the win. We're back in fifth. That was really nice. But just kind of uh, the Thunder as a whole right now, transitioning into that, I had some notes I wanted to bring up to you guys. There's some big talking points that I saw this week. So... Free throws have been really, really bad. And tonight, I think we were, let's see, we were 8 of 25 from free eight, throws. 18 which, of 25. Or, sorry, eight, 8 of 25 would be really bad. Yeah. Um, 18 of 25 is a little better, so we weren't quite as bad. But let's see, I have a picture of this. So uh, against Boston, we were 19 of 29 free throws. Against Portland this past week, we were 20, or this, about a week ago from today, we were 23 of 25, which was good. Uh, but against San Antonio, we were 14 of 21. And then against Denver, we were 15 of 27. Mm. And it was, I mean, that's killer, particularly when you lose four out of the five games within four points. Um, so yep. I feel Especially- like that's something we're seeing a lot of. For me, that Denver game, obviously the Minnesota, or not the Minnesota game, I'm sorry, the, the Boston game. Boston game, you, yep. You, Melo hits two free throws, the Thunder win. And yeah, then absolutely. Down the stretch in that Denver game, Steven Adams misses two free throws. Luckily, Paul George gets the rebound and a kick out to Russell Westbrook for an insane dunk. But then next possession, Paul George goes one of one. If Paul George hits both of those free throws, uh, it's essentially a thunder win. And so I feel like, man, if we could go back for each game this season and just give the thunder the the free throw shooting percentage of the 29th team in the league, like consistency every night, I assume 29th in the league probably shoots something like 75 76 percent from the line if you go back and you change all the stats from the whole season and every game the thunder shot 76 percent from the line i bet you they have seven or eight more wins you know i feel like so so many of these games especially these close games down the stretch here free throws and it's just it's been an issue all year you know all year long and i don't know what it is i don't know why out of all people russell westbrook can't hit free throws anymore but it's like i almost expect him to split them at the line now I, yeah. Hey, and uh, even Paul funny George. Thing, funny thing. Uh, 29th team in the league right now is actually the Thunder. 
in free throw huh. percentage. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the and, uh, the we're talking about 70, 71%. <laughs> we'll take 71 is awful. That's awful. Well, and I think another underrated, and I don't have numbers to back this up, but just kind of something I've noticed I test is, I mean, if, you, if you're missing a free throw and you're not getting that rebound, which you, you typically don't, considering how free throws are set up in the NBA and basketball in general, right? The other team's going to get that board, and that allows them to set up in transition. So they're getting these transition points. So if we miss a free throw, we may be giving up two or three points on the other end. So that's yep. that's killer. Yeah, it just compounds the issue, you know? Right. Then another thing that I've kind of noticed, and actually, uh, Kamiar brought up a good point tonight. This was a lot better. But our defense was really bad this week. And Fred Katz tweeted out, a really cool tweet that I wanted to bring up that uh, so after the Denver game, OKC was out of the top 10 in defense efficiency, which we had been within the top 10 for the majority of the season. And since Robertson's injury two months ago, we basically just completely plummeted. Um, we now, before tonight, we're allowing 107.9 points per 100 possessions with Robertson off the floor. And we allowed 96.4 when he was on. And so we got Corey Brewer. We were really excited. We thought that he was, you know, while he wouldn't be a complete Robertson replacement, that he was going to help that quite a bit. And it just really has fallen off the past couple of weeks. So I was going to get your guys' take on that as well and see what you guys thought. I think it's just a lack of urgency. There's lazy rotation, slow closeouts, you know. And I, I agree. Tonight they looked a lot better. They were a lot more crisp. They were running guys off the three-point line. They were blowing up uh, the pick and roll. So tonight they did better. And I feel like just watching this game, it seemed like the Thunder really came in with this attitude of like a must-win situation. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah, that's what I got from right. this This from the jump. Like in the Denver game, OKC didn't show any flash of defensive urgency or intensity to the fourth quarter. And that's really what got them back in the game. So I thought that game they played today against the Pelicans, they played with a lot more intensity. They played with a lot more urgency, and you could tell it in all of their motions. And that was really, really important. Like, And another big important step was Alex Abrinas has been playing like the stretch of his damn life for the past few weeks. Like He's been, he's been really, really good. Like Offensively, defensively, he's been playing really, really well. So I've been really happy with him and his production. It's keeping Terrence Ferguson off the floor. Not that I don't like him on the floor, but it's good to have a sport, a floor spacer, but somebody that can also play a good Team D that runs through screens. And he's been playing his, he's been playing his life of it. So. Yeah, I agree. Abrinas played great against Jamal Murray through that stretch of the third and into the fourth um, against the Denver Nuggets. Abrinas played great tonight, and I think it's, like you said, worth mentioning, Ferguson played no minutes in the second half of the Nuggets game when it was crunch time, and he Ferguson did not play at all tonight. Meanwhile, Alex Abrinas is the leading bench man in minutes at 23. He also he leads the team in plus minus or t- tonight. He led the team in plus minus as well at a plus yep. ten, and he was the second highest behind Russ at plus fifteen. So yep. I thought that was and then, awesome. And then next game it'll be the exact opposite. Yep, <laughs> probably. True. Um, throw Fergie in as a first sub, and, and I have no mm-hmm. idea what Billy's doing. <laughs> I, I think Abrinas has played great defense these past two games. I think yeah. he's moving his feet well, staying in front of his man. My only complaint is that in twenty three minutes against the Pelicans tonight, Abrinas shot the ball three times. How many times did it go in? Once. But, you know, that's compared to Felton shooting it ten times in 19 yeah. minutes. 
You know, yeah. I feel like yeah. if a Brainus is out there, yes, you can park him in the corner and it pulls his man out of the lane a little bit because they respect a Brainus' shooting. Right. But I feel like the only time a Brainus gets looks is when he's in the game with Russ and they run that little one, two or one, three pick and pop where a Brainus kind of rub screens and then pops out to the top of the three point line and Russ has the option to swing it back to him. I wish they would run a few more things, just bringing Abrinas off a down screen, running him down the baseline, just something simple where they could get him a decent look. Because when that guy shoots the ball, if he catches it in rhythm, I'm convinced it's going in. The only time oh, I yeah. see that guy miss the yeah. shot is if he has to put it on the floor first or it's like super contested and he's got a release like really weird. Besides that, it's money. you know. And I think that's a really valuable tool and I wonder if this is something that Billy Donovan was kind of hanging on to in his back pocket for the playoffs, but now that they're in this kind of stretch where they've got to win games to even get into the playoffs, he's busting out Alex Sabrinas a little bit early. But I think it's interesting when push comes to shove, no Ferguson and 23 minutes for Alex. I hope so. I really do, because Sabrinas has looked great. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. And we did see him shoot that that corner three. They they mentioned Anthony Morrow in it too. I mean, that's the quickest I've ever seen the ball leave that dude's hands. That's a good point. Yep, he has a really nice quick release going right now. And yep. I I think you guys, I, Jacob just mentioned it, but his defense has really impressed me over the past really two weeks. Um, he's had some limited playing time, you know, two weeks ago. But I really have seen some positive things on the defensive end. And I think you can tell that he's really trying to make a point, show Billy what he can do on both ends and try and get a little more playing time heading into the uh, critical part of the season. So Definitely. I thought that was he's, really cool. He's not big. He's not super strong, but he's using his long arms. He's moving his feet. Whose dog is that? <laughs> That's mine. Uh, well, it's my parents' dog. They heard him. <laughs> he, uh, they heard them pull in. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Uh, he's been moving his feet well. He's using his long arms. He's not the most athletic guy. He's not the strongest guy, but he's just in the right positions. He's making smart plays, and it's kind of what this team needs. So, Would you guys like to move on to Would You Rathers? You can deal with this, or you can deal with that. You can deal with this, or you can deal with that. You can deal with this, or you can deal with that. Okay, all right, I got one. Would you rather be a hobo with a 5% chance of getting inherited by a rich guy or be Hitler two years before the end of World War II? Because you know you're going to have to shoot yourself, but you still got two more years as Hitler. Of course. Yeah. Always want to be would, you rather... would you rather stay as a Thunder as a whole, or would you rather, would you rather? That's a bad joke. Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, would you rather, we've got four of them, and then we've got five, including mine. Um, this, this would you rather section is a little uh, interesting, considering not many people are happy with Carmelo Anthony these days. So, some of them are just very laden with Carmelo Anthony, like jabs to the gut so uh Camillo, if you're listening i'm sorry you uh played pretty well tonight so anyways this one is from at thunder nd he says would you rather fight one stephen adams or two russell westbrooks so uh jacob which one would you rather fight man i think i'm going one stephen adams two like Steven Adams is, yes, he's huge, but Russell Westbrook is still much larger than me, and he's incredibly buff, and he gets angry very easy. And, like, you would just get your ass whipped by two Russell Westbrooks, where one Steven Adams, maybe we would fight, but afterwards we could, like, I don't know, talk about anime and go eat. 
And so I think I would prefer fighting one Steven Adams. Taylor, what would you rather do? Uh, I'm with you on that. Two Russell Westbrook scares me. <laughs> like, absolutely scares me. That's crazy. Um, while one Steven Adams also scares me, I think you brought up a good point. You can become friends with him. Or, I mean, you if not, you only take the beating once, <laughs> and you're not just getting completely jumped by two Russell Westbrooks. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the same answer you had. Uh, one Steven Adams. It's a good question, though. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, you're going to get killed either way. Um, but I, although I don't like my chances either way, if I had to pick one of them I could actually run away and escape from, I feel like it'd be easier to escape and run away from a, one Stephen Adams than two Russell Westbrooks. Um, so I, I, I would run in both situations, and I, I like my chances better with Stephen Adams. One thing, though, you can't pull a Bobby Hill and kick Steven Adams in the testicles because that dude's <laughs> testicles are gone. See, that's what I and was going to do. That's, that's not I, my purse. <laughs> that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, well, I mean, like, how much, like, how much of testicles does Steven Adams have left? Like, your last kick or punch might be the last one to break him, you know? So I would <laughs> much rather fight a Steven Adams than two Russell Westbrooks. I know. I feel like one Russell Westbrook would kick my ass more than two. I would still pick Steven Adams if it was just one Russell Westbrook. I don't need two guys picking me up and throwing me. Like, Russ could probably pick me up and throw me 20 yards. So, that's uh, (laughs) a... I'm not not down with that, so... I wonder if one of Steven Adams' testicles have been ruptured. I thought they were. It has to be. I thought they were. Were were they back whenever Draymond kicked him twice? Yeah, I thought it was a... He had a ruptured testicle or something like that. Ugh. Could you even imagine, dude? He no. is taking some blows. I don't want to talk I... about this anymore. <laughs> oh. And then the other day, Draymond yeah. Green got hit in the testicles, and he had an X-ray done. Yeah. And they found oh, out no. he found they found out he didn't have any. So it was weird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Green, I'm Boom. sorry to inform you, but uh, you don't even have testicles. You just got a vagina down there. <laughs> oh my God. We all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Shout out to our all, yeah. shout out to our lady wis- listeners. Uh, we appreciate you, lady listeners. <laughs> our our lady listeners, our weighty listeners, weighty listeners. Um, okay, so next one is from at OKC two thousand eighteen champs. I like your I like your at there, pal. He the says, "Would you rather have mellow or a bag of chips down the stretch?" Oh, <laughs> this, this one all hinges on what kind of chips what type are. of chips. If they're Cool Ranch, I might take the chips. <laughs> if you put a bag of either cheddar and sour cream ruffles Ugh. or spicy nacho Doritos Ugh, in front of me, yeah. and what? I either get the, the chips, I think I'm taking the <laughs> chips. Yeah. But then if you put some like trash ass Takis or like some flaming hot Cheetos in front of me, okay, I'm taking Carmelo. You need to pump the brakes here, pal. Pump the brakes. Those are some good chips. Uh, I'm nah. taking I'm taking mellow either way because doesn't matter what bag of chips you give me, it's only gonna be half full anyways. Well, I mean, I'm gonna tell you a weird story and you can't laugh at me. One time I ate so much of those chili lemon talkies or chili pepper whatever talkies and then I went to the bathroom and I thought I had I was bleeding out my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Because it felt brutal. like you were bleeding out your butt, or because no, it was red? It was like straight up red, and I was like, "Oh, oh. Uh, I call a doctor." <laughs> this is normal. <laughs> so then I just decided not to. Uh, I just decided not to eat them anymore. So all right, let me 
Uh, let me add on to that story real quick. I will tell you I've had the same experience with red velvet cake, except I didn't realize that it was the red velvet, and so I did call the doctor. <laughs> Don't call the doctor. Because he snaps on a latex <laughs> glove and gets three inches deep up your asshole. <laughs> oh my god. It's awful, dude. It is awful. Oh man. All right, Homeboy was tickling my lower intestines when he was done. Oh, gotta move on. Gotta move on. Alright. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Is at Wentzbrook. Would you rather have PG in Mellow or keep Kevin Durant? I thought that was a good question. Yeah. That is a really good one. Nick, you want to start off with this one? Yeah. Um, I would rather have PG and Mellow just because Katie's a bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of with you. If, it, if my choice is to keep these two or bring Katie back, I know Katie's the better player, but I'd rather keep these two. Who do you just Taylor? me, though. So I'm going to go the other way. And I might get some uh, some some of our followers a little upset with me because you know it's Kevin Durant sensitive subject, but I'm a little down on Mr. Mello, Mr. PG as of these past two weeks. I'm not super optimistic, and if we're looking at previous records, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant have had way better we- records and way better chances at the uh, championship than we do with this current team. So because of those reasons, I'm going to lean towards Kevin Durant, but only if I can guarantee that he doesn't leave the Thunder. He just, you know, stuck with us the entire time. Does that mean um, that's never a guarantee with him? <laughs> Does that mean we yeah. also have Cantor as well? Yeah, yeah, anybody you want. Okay, so okay, basically a replication of what we had going into uh, the Two summer with Oladipo after we had just traded uh, Surge. Yet Oladipo and Sabonis. Drafts, yep. And then you would have Cantor oh. and all that stuff. That's that'd be you a guys good imagine. squad. Yeah, that'd be such a great squad. Yeah, I'm depressed. Such a great squad. That's depressing. I know. It'd be fun. I know. But hey, I do. I, I love PG and Melo, and I'm, I'm still rooting for them to turn that switch come playoff time. But I'm just a little pessimistic because Same. of this last week, week and a half. He played pretty well today, and he played honestly played he pretty did. well in the Nuggets game in the first half. Anyways, when him and Millsap were going at it, just def- defense down the stretch, and the Nuggets game was bad. Defense tonight, not bad, Melo. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's definitely yep. better. So I do feel like a lot of teams target him in the pick and roll. I know I've kind of gotten off topic here. A lot of teams target him and try to get him on a switch in the pick and roll just because he can't move his feet anymore. Yep. He's I mean, just too old. And that kills us. That's a good point. So the next he one. He needs to start wearing a hoodie again. Hoodie? Yes. In the middle of a basketball game? Is that even allowed? What if they like constructed him a, a, a jersey with a hoodie on the back of it? Number one, I'd be incredibly happy, and number two, I would immediately buy that. Yep. So, all right. Well, next one is from Real Steven Adam. Again, not the real Steven Adam, just the real Steven Adam. Says, would you rather slowly suffocate in the ocean while being eaten by 713 piranhas or give Mello the ball in the closing minute? (laughs) Lots of Mello. You guys are ruthless (laughs) with Mello, man. Yeah. What do you guys think? Seven hundred thirteen piranhas is a lot of piranhas. I don't think I'd slowly suffocate say. because I think they eat me up too fast. And so, if we're talking like the finals, like to win a title or to lose a title, uh, I would probably just never know the result and just get eaten by the piranhas. But if it's just a regular season game, I'll take Mello with the ball in the closing minutes. I agree. 
I'm gonna retweet that. <laughs> yeah, I've got Mello. I'm I'm still optimistic on Mello. I'm taking Mello all day. Um, up against 713 piranhas. No way. I'll take Mello. Mello's a Hall of Famer. I know he's got some rust on him and he's old, but he still got it in him. He still can put the ball in the hole. I'm taking Mello. Stay Mello, baby. All right. Yeah, me too. Stay Mello. There's my here's mine. I thought it was relatively interesting. Would you rather lick a sweaty foot ten times of somebody that just ran three miles? Or would you rather get hit in the genitals once with a sledgehammer? Kamiar always has the hardest. Lick the ones. foot. <laughs> What Lick the foot. It, let's say this person that has the foot um, ha, is not a very athletic person, and they sweat profusely into their socks. Still the foot. <laughs> is there any like long-term damage with the sledgehammer? Like, am I going to rupture <laughs> my testicle? No, it's just a, it's a it's a it's a love tap, but it might hurt. Oh, oh, but oh! Thanks. I'm taking the sledgehammer. Agreed. If it's a little love tap. But if we're going full on, like, Super Mario, then uh, I'm probably going to have to take the sweaty foot. <laughs> I'd probably also go with I, the love tap, yes. If I'm guaranteed, like, no structural damage, like, both testicles are still in place, all that kind of stuff, I think I'm taking the sledgehammer. Because I don't know if I can get through ten How, licks. There's there's no way you're still going to have no structural damage with a sledgehammer. <laughs> Who knows? Like, unless Justin's swinging the sledgehammer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. That's cold, man. That's cold. Uh, he's out there in the jungle yeah. looking at squirrels. Yeah, talking, talking yeah. to him. I know. Chasing them I think he's, squirrels. I, I think he's out in the jungle in Nebraska right now. Last time we yeah. talked to him, he was uh, oh, yeah. taking a flight out to Nebraska. Who'd want to fly out to Nebraska? He's been traveling everywhere. I even know Nebraska had an airport. Tbh. <laughs> they have corn. He's. No, He's the only person I know that would leave his home area of California <laughs> to go to Nebraska for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> now, for the record, I think his grandpa maybe lives in Nebraska. Oh, okay, but that's fair. That's yeah, fair. most he most people want to take the opposite <laughs> flight. You know, yeah, you want to go from Nebraska take to California. To California, exactly. Okay, right. well that's fair. But we've got some around the association stuff with Nick. What you got? All around the world. Yes, so around the association, uh, it's not quite time yet. we still got a lot of basketball to play left, and obviously this doesn't affect the Thunder. Um, but I do have a question for you guys. If you had the number one pick, um, I'm not saying you're the GM of any specific team, just kind of in a general question. If you had the number one pick, who do you take? Out of this draft? Ooh. Yep. Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm not super up to date on all the the kids that have declared so far, and I don't watch a lot of college hoops. Um, but DeAndre Ayton from Arizona—that's his yep. name, right? He yes. he is a grown ass man. Um, I might take him, he and then is, I know this. He's solid. I know this uh, this Spanish point guard over in the FIBA league is. Um, is supposed to be really, really good. So uh, Luka, Luka Donich kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. heard he's supposed to be the real deal. So there's a. Um, I know. 
I know a lot of our listeners are probably Oklahoma people and want some of us to say Trey Young on this. Uh, I don't. I don't think I take Trey Young number one. I think Trey will probably go top ten. Like I think that's a really good possibility. But I'm probably going either DeAndre Ayton or uh, the kid from over in Spain. Uh, yeah, I like. Uh, what's his name? What we decide his name was Luke. The kid Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Doncic. I was yeah. gonna say Nockets. Yeah. Um, I like him, and I just saw that he. I think his first game back from injury this past week, he dropped like 27. Um, had a really big game, hit like buzzer a game beater. winner, buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did have seven turnovers. But you know that happens. Uh, <laughs> I like him, and I also like Bagley a lot. Uh, I got to watch him a little bit in the tournament. I think he's going to be an incredible player. He reminds me of of a, a lot of players that are in the NBA in, in the NBA right now. And then who's that kid from uh, Villanova? That point guard, um, Jalen Brunson. Brunson. Yes, Brunson. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I like him too. So I don't know. Um, I'd probably it, – I guess it depends on the team who ends up with the number one. But I'm going to say it's probably between right. Bagley and that kid from over playing with uh, Barcelona or La Madrid or whoever he's playing with over across the season. Yeah. You guys yeah. are sleeping I, on – I still say Aiden. Yeah. You're sleeping on Bagley and Michael Porter who isn't healthy like oh, this entire Porter. year. That's a good I point. forgot about Ma- Michael Porter, yeah. And then you can't sleep on my boy Muhammad. From Texas. Texas. Muhammad oh, Bamba. Freak. Bamba. Freak of nature. This dude's like almost seven foot. But has like a seven, like eight wingspan. It's ridiculous. Don't quote me on that's that, crazy. but it's it's pretty wild. <laughs> so that's, that's our take. Here's a – who – would anybody, if you're a GM, would you ever even think about Leangelo Ball, who is declared for the draft? No. I don't now, think is- Leangelo is Leangelo the youngest one? No, Leangelo's the no. older one that stole shit from China. Yeah. Okay, no, no, he's garbage. Now, the, so the youngest the youngest I, one's Lamelo, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he's Lamello, like 70 something. Lamelo can game. play. Yeah. I would I would probably take Lamelo and then I would just tell their dad to go suck a dick. But um <laughs> No, I'm not taking Leangelo. I think I'm going to be really honest from what I've seen. I think Leangelo just got the scholarship from UCLA just because of his last name because of and because of I agree. his older brother. And then all these, right. his, and his little brother's making headlines too. But even when they were out at Chino Hills or Chino Hills, however yeah, you say it, Chino Hills, uh, Chino, yeah, he, Mello, or uh, Leangelo didn't really do much. Um, so I don't know. I'm not very high on him, but I could be completely wrong. I obviously don't follow him like daily or game by game, but that's just my personal opinion. I agree. Uh, quick, just quick uh, side note. I just wanted to give a, a quick shout out, thoughts and prayers to Zeke, Zeke Upshaw's family, who's the G League player who had passed away here in the past week or two. It's, it's a very tragic deal, and I feel like uh, we should uh, say something about that. Just wanted to say we're, we're thinking about him and his family, and that just that's something that should never happen. Um, that's very very sad. Awesome, um, but yeah. It's it's terrible. Uh, on to the Warriors. Um, do you think they're bringing back their injured players too soon? Um, I mean, at this point, they're not going to catch Houston. They're not going to fall below the Trailblazers. Do you think it's even worth it for them to bring back Katie and Clay and all these guys from their injury instead of waiting until playoffs? Or what do you think on that? I think yeah, that 
I think that they want to keep on staying in a rhythm because let's say for some reason OKC drops to seven or you have Utah Jazz at the seven and they're all they're working their tails off and then you are you've just rested all your players for like a week or a week or two weeks and then you have to get back into a rhythm especially without any Steph which already throws you out of a rhythm and then you have to play two teams that are like relatively good, especially OKC. I think Oklahoma City can beat a Warriors team without Steph. So I, I think they need to bring their players back if they can run if they're at 80%. Because again, you don't want to get out of rhythm. As but if the Rockets like, because if you have the, if you're the Rockets, because they're in the same situation, their guys are hurt and some of their guys are hurt. But they they have more of a system that's system friendly, whereas the Warriors it's kind of designed around Steph and Dre. So I think they're bringing him back just just in time. But we saw uh, oh, who just got hurt the other night. He got undercut by Vince Carter. McCaw. Yeah, Patrick McCaw. So that was that was pretty scary that was for them. Yeah. But I think yeah. they're bringing him back but at the right time. Apparently, uh, as of today, I think he's going to be all right. They said he was able to reg- regain feeling in his lower body. <laughs> And I, which is, yeah, that's wild. That's scary as shit. So yeah. scary. Um, if I were him, I'd be scared of walking a basketball court again. But yeah, I think he's going to be, he was supposed to be released today, but then be reevaluated next Thursday. And then as of then, that's when they were going to give the timetable for when he would return and stuff. But he, okay, so he's out. Steph is out. That basically means Quinn Cook and then now Kevin Durant's back. That's like their only two ball handlers, I can, and Nick Young. <laughs> he can handle the ball, kind of. Isn't Clay? Was, isn't Clay <laughs> That's playing? Generous. Oh, yeah, Clay's back, but Clay doesn't even dribble that he's much. Not a, though, I was going to say, is he really a ball? Hand- I mean, he can, he can when take needs to be. care of the ball. That's a good point. He can take care of it, but like bringing the ball up, they like have two players and maybe three, if you include Draymond, that can actually bring the ball down the floor. And Clay might be able to. I guess I just haven't really seen him because of his role on the team. He hates but dribbling. It's just he's, known for, he's known for hating dribbling. Okay. Well, then, yeah, maybe. So, that's it's interesting, for sure. Particularly yeah. if McCaw and Steph are both going to be out for the first round of playoffs. Wow. That's bad news for them, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm with Kamiar. I think, you know, with the knowledge that Steph isn't going to be available for the first round, uh, even though these guys are coming back from injury and they've got the two seed locked up, they want to find some sort of cohesion and some sort of um, rhythm with the guys that will be playing in the first round before they actually get there. So, But maybe they won't because Kevin Durant keeps getting thrown out of games. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so angry. Did you see why he's getting thrown out of the games? Because he doesn't feel fulfilled. Isn't that what he said? He's like, I, I wonder thought, why. I thought he was talking about it's because of so much passion that he has now to win. Oh, yeah. He's such a... Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> he's been thrown out of he's we, he's the second he has the most I don't know what I'm trying to say here. He's got the most ejections for a single player since uh Sheed Wallace back I can't remember like fourteen years ago or something like that. And keep in mind he's, he he just said people don't realize it's hard to win in this league, especially when teams load up to beat you. I, I wanted what to a bitch. I wanna I wanna choke that guy. It's oh so God. frustrating. Yeah. He's an idiot. He re- that's a yeah. I, I think I put that in our Slack when we were talking this week. I was like, just his IQ really surprises me because as good as he is on the basketball court and smart decision he makes there, just the things that he says publicly, like if people already have that perception of you and you know they do, why would you keep feeding that 
if you're really trying to change that perception. Yeah, he's still he's it. still trying to play the narrative that it's like the whole world is against him and things don't right. come easy for him and blah blah blah. When he chose, Ugh, all right. So much for our <laughs> Kevin Durant podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, okay. So we we did have some some polls like we always do um, every week. The first one we put out was about Markel Fultz's return, uh, which was very interesting because it was kind of out of the blue. I guess he just walked into the coach's office, the GM's office, and said, hey, I'm ready to go. Um, we polled you guys and, and kind of thought, you know, we wanted to see what you guys thought he would do. Um, it, w- it was the majority of people thought it would just be a decent return and he'd be decent, um, you know, the rest of the season, which has kind of been the – the case so far he hasn't been great he hasn't been terrible he's just been okay um but of course right when he comes back Joel and B gets hurt um how do you guys see the Sixers going into the playoffs um without Embiid for the time being what's his timetable I, I think I think Embiid said he thinks he can be back in two weeks yeah which will be right at the start of the the first round if they get Embiid for the start of the first round, I think they're they're okay. And I think, you know, whoever they play in the first round, it'll be a good matchup and it'll be a fun series. But I thought Fultz has looked good since he's been back. You know, yeah. he's he's shown his athleticism. He's shown some of the reasons why he was taken number one overall. Um, he looks good. I also really enjoyed Embiid's tweets uh, right after surgery when he was watching the Jayhawks game. Yeah, when he basically said, funny. I'm really high watching this from the hospital, rock chalk. <laughs> Called him, like, Arkansas, I think. He was like, let's yeah, go he, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And then he tweeted at Rihanna and yeah. asked her if she was single. And That's then whenever funny. he was off his pain meds, he said, what are you doing, the process? I thought you were an all-star. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is amazing. We did you know have what? a second Twitter poll, um, just an MVP race question, which which the the, the Twitter users were, were right on line with, with kind of what everyone else is saying. They had Harden at 62% of the people were saying he should be MVP, LeBron at 20, Dame at 10%, which was, which was kind of surprising. I know it's... He, he, he was someone that was considered barely getting in the All-Star game um, or only got in because he complained, and he's a 10% of people think he should be an All-Star, and then Anthony Davis was at 8%. Uh, speaking of Anthony Davis, he did have a Twitter poll um, on March 28th saying, should I shave my brow? And after 631,000 votes, 51% of people said yes, so that barely passed, and... Uh, I think it was yesterday he released a video of him shaving his unibrow and everyone was freaking out, saying the brow is gone, blah, blah, blah. Come to find I out today it. was an April Fool's joke. I, <laughs> I bought it too. What, what, do you guys, what do you guys make of that? Do you think he should shave it or keep it? Is it part of his legacy? What's, what's your take on the brow? Well, he, was, I think Jake was when he tweeted about like if he shaved his brow, hopefully his powers are gone. Well, he pretended to shave his brow, and he had a pretty subpar game for him uh, tonight. Yeah, so I think yeah. if he shaves it, I think he loses it. I think the brow is no more. So he probably should keep it. Yeah, I think he'll keep it too. It's Yeah, it's part of his marketing now. He's, That's a good he's getting endorsements because of that image, so he's going to keep it. I mean, as a Middle Eastern person who grows facial hair like no other, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 mo- it's just more tedious to keep shaving it 
than it is really to just keep to, to keep having it. Now, I do uh, I take care of my unibrow, but geez, man, like that that thing's on another level. It's just one straight line yeah. across his face. Like he could like really like scrunch his forehead, and you can see all the forehead lines. And then he's already got one permanent like bold line that's right there, <laughs> right above his eyes. Like that that thing literally <laughs> makes sure. No sweat ever gets in his eyes. It's just one massive freaking wall. And, Nature's uh, headband. Yeah, good. Yeah, he doesn't even need a headband, and he doesn't even wear a headband sometimes. Yeah, well, I don't know what's, why. What's the point? Yeah. So I mean, you know, whatever. But you know, I, I think it. I think he's not gonna ever shave it because it's a brand now. Like it's fear the brow. I'm with you. Conspiracy theory of the week. I keep losing socks in the dryer. I think the most likely explanation is lizard people are hoarding them so they can assassinate the Prime Minister of Malaysia. We're going to try to keep this one going and, and keep having a conspiracy theory every single week. Uh, this week is kind of similar to last week as, as far as strange injuries go. Uh, do you guys have any conspiracies on the real the real thing that happened to Markel, Schultz's, uh, Markel Fultz's shoulder? and what kept him out a good part of the beginning of this season? Uh, he saw Ben Simmons play. He realized that Ben Simmons is not a power forward. He's, in fact, a point guard, and he's really damn good, and Fultz is going to have to come off the bench. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's uh, That one is probably kind of true. <laughs> Mine was simply that the Philadelphia 76ers have a protocol where whenever they bring in a player that is taken first or second or third overall, uh, that player is essentially brainwashed to believe in the process. And it results, it physically manifests in an injury. That's why Ben Simmons was hurt and Joel Embiid was Embiid, hurt. Markel yeah. Fultz was hurt. And so it's just the, the process. It's part of, quote unquote, the process in Philly that once they brainwash you, um, your body takes a while to respond, and it manifests physically. And he's just now getting over that brainwashing, becoming a part of this larger conspiracy of the process. I was going to go with the more simpler version of that, whereas once you get drafted by Philly, you must go through something called the process where you become injured and don't play for roughly three-quarters of the season. So that's what I was going to say. Accurate. It's it's painfully accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of the same. I think I think that Philadelphia intentionally hurts their 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 number one picks. Uh, you saw Joel Embiid got a very very big contract this offseason, but the fact that he had been hurt, he did get paid significantly less than a max contract, and there was a lot of different clauses and different things in his contract. So I think they intentionally hurt their players so that they never actually truly have to give out a max contract to any of their guys. And eventually they'll have a full starting lineup of five number one picks that are paid less than they really should get because they've been injured before. And that's their way of never having to have salary cap issues. That's a really good one. I, I kind of agree with that. I think Very we're nice. on to uh, one of my favorite parts of the podcast. It's time to shoot your shot. Yes. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Well, listen, sometimes you got to shoot your shot. You, you got to shoot, shoot your, your shot. shot. That's what it is. Bang! We went, we went three for three last week. I'm hoping Damn you right, we did. The same this yeah. week. So what are we at now? Four of We're, nine overall? Uh, 
four of nine in the month of March. Now we're in April. So are we going to reset the counter in April? Um, no, we're not reset. No, you're not getting out that easy. <laughs> okay, okay. You got to well, get back to it to a, a decent percentage. Well, we've got a chance to get to 500 uh, today, boys. That's right. Just like the Thunder. Yeah, if, if you guys go three for three, you could be, what is that, seven for 12? That's not bad. Not bad. Um, so the first question um, is, like like always, it's Thunder-related. Um, I'm hoping you guys can get this. These questions this week are not super hard. Um, first question, this is for um, Thunder as well as the Supersonics dating all the way back, who has the best two-point field goal percentage in Thunder slash Sonics history? Ooh. Ooh. My first Ray. thought went to Sean Camp. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. You mean Sean Kemp? That's what I said, Sean Kemp. You said Sean Camp. It, it did sound like Camp, like, but I... <laughs> Sean Kemp Camps. You meant Kemp. Because all he yeah. did was dunk things. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think it's Sean Kemp is my thought. What do you guys think? Do you guys have a different opinion there? I think it's Kemp because all he all, all he did was dunk. Yeah, Taylor, you cool. I, is that what we're going with? Yeah, no, I'm good with that. My only other thought was Ray Allen or um, Peyton probably. Gary Peyton probably wasn't. So yeah, I'm I'm cool with Kemp. That's all my, right. That's a good one. Nick, we're going with Sean Kemp. I'm gonna start off by saying you guys are very incorrect. Oh boy! Um, I think you're also going to be shocked of who the actual uh, leader in the stat is. Steven Adams. Steven Adams is number two. Oh. Oh wow. Got close. Number one one? is Mister Andre Roberson. What? Wow. Wow. Oh yeah, I remember hearing that. Yes, right. From two point field goals, he is shooting sixty point nine percent. Wow. Wow. I remember that. I remember that stat. Impressive. All, all he does is like yeah, that that's that that's that circulated for a little bit. Shoot layups, yeah. Yeah, he just gets I mean, layups. Shoot layups and finish lobs. And then he just sits by the rim right, after setting absolutely. a screen. That's right. I forgot about yep. that. Man, all right. <laughs> My bad, this, guys. This I let us next question. Over one. Over one. Um. So Stephen Adams is obviously an offensive rebounding monster. Um. This season. I looked up the stat last week, so it's a little bit off now, but he was just over 350 offensive rebounds on the season, um, which is by far the highest of his career. The question itself is, who is the all-time NBA career offensive rebound leader? Um, I don't know if you guys will know this, but give it a shot. Well, if stats are being recorded, I'd say Wilt. But yeah, I don't know if they were recording offensive board. I, I assume they were recording boards back then, but I don't know if they were recording a difference between offensive and defensive back then, though, you know? Yeah. Because my, my thought was... not him, so I'll go ahead and give it another shot. Okay. Okay. Oscar? Yeah, it could be Oscar. Uh, I was going to say Kramer Shaq. Something uh, other, too. Like, it's coming off the top of my head. Milano. Tell me, what do you think? Uh, I'll let you know that the, the person, the person that, that owns this stat... Um, the second place person to them is not even close, barely halfway to them. Like they are, they are by far the leader. Not even no one else is even within two thousand rebounds of them as oh, far wow. as offensive rebounds go. For offensive rebounds, the it's mm-hmm. a good question, man. I don't know. This 
No, that give, can't be it. Give me your final answer. I, I kind of, because Dennis Rodman was an animal on the boards back in the day, but I think he was mainly a defensive rebounder. I don't think he, I mean, I think he hit the offensive glass, but I don't think he's got that many. I mean, you got, you yeah. got, you got Shaq, you've got Barkley, you've got Rodman, you got Olajuwon. Uh, Barkley's a good one too. What about the dudes uh, from Boston way back when? Like you had Bird and Parrish. Yeah, Bill Russell. Yeah. I will say in the top ten, you guys have named like five of them, but you've not named the one. Oh my oh, gosh! I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help you out here. I'm trying to help <laughs> you out. I don't even know if we're gonna no get idea. it then. Uh, what about Carl Malone? Carl Malone? Sure. Let Let's just go with Carl Malone. Yeah, I don't know. It's the only other name I can think of. That's your final yeah. answer. Sure. Yeah. Okay, you got you guys. Uh, you guys were close. It's Moses Malone. Oh. oh. The so who was number two then? Who is at seven thousand three hundred and eighty-two rebounds on his career, offensive rebounds on his career. Wow. Wow. Second place didn't even break five thousand. Wow. But it's something interesting. Place? I did. I did look. Second place was Artis Gilmore. So Steve, Steve was as of last week was just over 350. He's probably closing in on 400 offensive rebounds in the season as of now. Uh, Moses Malone, um, in his career, only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons where he was over 400. So that's pretty impressive that Steve is um, Steve's season he's having this year is um, as good or better than than many years that this you know Moses Malone who um, leads the Leads the NBA in all-time offensive rebounds ever had in this season. So that's that's pretty impressive on on Steve's part. Crap. Well, we're not getting to 500 this week. Last boy. question. Oh well. La- you're not. But this last question, I'm hoping all three of you know. If not all three of you, Taylor sure as hell should know. <laughs> it, it is a it is a music question. So this artist became the first female solo rapper to hit the number one spot on the Billboard Top 100 chart this past summer. Who is it? Ooh. Is it Cardi B? Cardi B. That's what I was going to say. This is past summer. Tommy, are you agree? Sure. Because Nicki Minaj has been off the map. It's like that Bodak Yellow song, so yeah. Yeah. We're going with Cardi B. Cardi B is the right answer. Yes. Good job. Yes. <laughs> just like the thunder, one and three. That puts you at, that puts oh, you at five out of twelve, <laughs> just below five hundred. So next next week's your shot. Next week's cool. your shot. All right. Cool. Oh yeah, awesome. I had a uh, a little stat I was going to, or not stat, a fun fact I was going to give you guys. I thought it felt well, thought it fit well in this section. Uh, I'm not going to ask you guys the question because there's no way you guys would know it. But I was uh, browsing through NBA Reddit and. Every player with the last name of Richardson to ever play in the NBA played shooting guard. Clint Richardson, Jason Richardson, Jeremy Richardson, Josh Rich- Richardson, Malachi Richardson, Michael Ray Richardson, Norm Richardson, Pooh Richardson, and Quentin Win- Richardson all were shooting guards. I thought that was really interesting. Wow. R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N. Um, I don't know if there's any variations of that, but... All players trying that to think last name of someone that, that way. Trying yeah. to think of someone that breaks that, but I really can't think of anybody. 
That's that's yeah. wild, man. I didn't, I didn't even know like half those players, but the fact that they all played shooting guard. Isn't weird. there isn't there a, a Malachi Richardson that plays for the uh, um, Kings? Did you mention him? Because he's a shooting guard too. Hmm. Yeah, he he mentioned Malachi. Be, oh yeah, I think yeah, he mentioned him. Okay, yeah. okay. Jeez, we need huh. a new Richardson to come in and play something else. That's crazy. crazy. That's kind of wild. Yeah. Awesome. You guys ready to move on to the pop culture minute? Let's do it. Yup. It's over 9,000! Winter is coming. I told you a million times. My teeth are coming in. It's called cleidocranial dysplasia. Wakanda forever! So for this week on the Pop Culture Minute, we are going to throw it back again to the 90s. Vintage NBA. LeBron James just this past week broke Michael Jordan's streak of consecutive double-digit games. 867 games straight in double digits, which is insane. I think it. The I looked up a stat that said LeBron has scored double digits in 99.7 percent of all the games he's ever played in the NBA, which is pretty insane. Um, and the so the streak was in place since December 26th, the day after Christmas 2001. Uh, that's when Jordan's streak ended. And so because of that, I wanted to throw it back to Jordan's era of basketball. Uh, who are your guys' favorite players, teams, logos, memories, series, etc.? From that era of basketball, there's quite a few so, players. Yeah, I yeah. always. Oh, <laughs> so the the first podcast you guys we asked who our favorite player was that was a, a non Thunder player from pre- growing up. Uh, mine was Allen Iverson, so I'm gonna stick with that. I loved AI. I love watching that Sixers team. Um, I love watch, even watching him and Andre in the later years of the Sixers of his of AI's career. I like their logo. I had the old AI number three jersey. And then I also, so uh, if you guys follow me on Twitter and social media, a, lot, a number you see with me and like my siblings is 15. The reason I picked 15 is because when I was old enough to really pick my old number, I was a big Vince Carter fan. So Vince Carter and the Raptors is another one that I really like watching too. So those are kind of two teams, logos, and two players that uh, that I really followed when I was younger. I mean, how can you not? Definitely, old school Vince was awesome. How can you not like all the teams that tried to kick Jordan's butt for an NBA title? You've got the Bad Boys from Detroit Pistons. Oh, with the Bad Boys. Yeah, with Isaiah yeah. Thomas, and you had um, oh, who else do they have? They had, they had Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer. You had they uh, had uh, they had the or uh, basically the original Dennis Rodman. Yeah, they had Rodman before he got weird, and then you have other teams that also vied for that spot. You have the Trailblazers when they had Clyde Drexler. You had a bunch of different players that were really awesome. Yeah, you had the Lakers with Magic, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Ewing and Miller, those were good ones. Um, you had, and later in Jordan's career, you had uh, Stockton and Malone and the the Utah Jazz pick and roll. Those were some great teams, man. One of my big memories is playing the old like NBA game, not Jam. I did play NBA Jam, but playing those old like NBA on NBC games, uh, like on Super Nintendo. Yeah. 
and um, you know just bringing it back. I remember watching Jordan in the finals against Utah and uh, all those games, and uh, that's that's really what that era takes me back to. Nick, you got anything to add on this? Yeah, um, I actually thought of a question too for you guys after. Um, I was always, like we said in the first pod, a huge Shaq fan. So obviously Shaq was was huge back then. And then um, Tim Duncan and the Spurs. Um, Tim Duncan just is, was always so incredible to, to watch. Yeah. Um, so I, I liked watching Timmy D. Um, which brings me to the question. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to give you any time to think about it. I want you to give me... Um, your starting five all time point guard through center best player at each position um historically i'll start with jacob okay you want me to just go one through five just for me yep okay awesome so number one i'm probably gonna go pistol pete maravich uh for my two i'm going jordan well, I'm going to jump. I'm going to switch up to my four is going to be Tim Duncan. My five is going to be Kareem. God, my three. Who do I want to go with at three? That's a really difficult one. You know uh, who it is. Uh, um, I might go Pippen. I might go Pippen at three. Oh, oh shit. I'm going LeBron at the three. I was going to say. There you go. <laughs> going LeBron there you at go. the three. There you go. I wasn't thinking current. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Magic at the point, and then I'm gonna have Jordan and LeBron at my wings, Duncan at my four. Oh man, that five is tough. But probably, uh, probably Ojuwan. Um, yeah, that's tough. That five is tough. But yeah, so many good I'll, centers throughout the throughout the history of the league. You know, it's awesome. Tell me, Call me out. What are you going with? So, can these positions be flexible? Because Jordan and Pippen often played different positions throughout the game, like just like LeBron. Two, three, yeah, three, exactly. four. That's yeah, yeah. You, you, you can flex them a bit. I think that's okay. All right. So, point guard. I'm I mean, also... like you can't like put Shaq at point or something like yeah. that. But I'm gonna go with Magic at the point guard position. Uh, then followed by Kobe Bryant at the two. Gonna go Jordan at the three. Gonna go with Braun at the four. Then probably put Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon at the five. It's a good lineup. Ooh, there you go. That's kind of like a modern lineup, you know, like kind of yeah. like a stretchy, switchy lineup. It that's is. fun. That would play really well in this. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Nick, you came up with the question. Give us yours. Um, so mine's a little different. Um, I would go Steve Nash at the one, uh, Jordan at the two, LeBron at the three. Um, kind of like you, I go Tim Duncan at the four, and then you got to put Shaq down there at five. No one can touch him. Oh, Shaq's another good one. That's There's a, really a lot good of good power forwards in the league as well, and maybe I'm biased. I just think Tim Duncan is the best power forward to ever play the game. Yeah, he is. But I was thinking this today, uh, not not based off today's game, just based off the skill set, the age, and the opportunity he has. I really think if Anthony Davis keeps doing what he does and keeps developing, I think Anthony Davis could be one of the best power forwards of all time when it's all said and done. He's got to stay healthy. I agree. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy, but I'm with you. I think that Anthony Davis to Marcus Cousins pairing as far as sheer talent is concerned, is probably the best front court pairing 
since Tim Duncan and um, David Robinson. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, think, I think talent-wise, that this that's the best front court there's been in, God, what, 25 years? Yeah. So... That's imagine if point. imagine if Clay and free agency went to the Pelicans. That oh, that'd be, that'd be dangerous. Yeah, yep. And you know, stay on the topic of the Pelicans just for a second. Um, Drew Holiday's had a hell of a, a year for them. He's played you know, so well. I he's think played really, really well, and it's Fred kind of gone under the radar. I think Cats tweeted out something here uh, earlier this week about how Drew Holiday's incredible season is like one of the most underrated aspects of this of this NBA season so far. Yep. I mean cuz it really hasn't hasn't gotten a lot of a lot of talk. So he's, I agree. he's been an all-star before. Um I think one time um I don't know Back if y'all played Philly. Two, yeah, I don't know if y'all played 2K a whole lot, but that dude is so good on 2K. I've been playing with him for the last two or three years on 2K, I've not I've not been sleeping on that dude. I knew he I knew how good he was. Yeah, yeah. he's solid. They're a solid team for sure. Yep. yep. Awesome. So let's look at the the next week preview for the Thunder. Yeah. So we uh, we have a pretty brutal week, even though we only have two games. Uh, <laughs> um, the first one we have coming up is this Tuesday at 7 p.m. at home. And we are playing the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant is back. Uh, Steph Curry is not. And we talked a little bit ago about McCaw's pretty nasty injury. He won't be back. I'm a, we're, it's pr- can pretty much be assumed. So it'll be an interesting game. If the Thunder come and, and bring their A game, if they play like they did here two weeks ago when we were doing the pod, we kind of talked about that, they can beat this team. But if they play like they did this past week, I'm pretty skeptical. Uh, so then Sunday, we are at Houston against the Rockets. Just I mean, We have a lot of time in between those two games, which is nice, but just two really hot, two really good teams. Houston signed a one of their last ten. Um, so we got, a, we got a tough week coming up, even though there's only two games. So last week, Jacob went 3-0, and and I believe the rest of us went 2-1, and and we were all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of us were wrong, unfortunately. Thunder ended up going 1-3, and if you include today against the Pelicans, which we did. Um, at least they got one, but it just was not the week we were hoping for, as we talked about towards the beginning of the pod. So, Jacob, what do you got this week? Uh, just two games kind of hard to say the rockets really don't have much to play for at all i wouldn't be surprised if they start resting guys down the stretch we talked about how i we think golden state is going to play their guys to try to get some sort of rhythm without steph curry before they go into the playoffs so i this is optimistic i'm going one and one yeah hey that that is optimistic nick what do you got uh i don't necessarily have um I'm going to say one and one. I don't know, not necessarily know which team we're going to beat, which team we're going to lose to, per se. But I, I think we're going to go one and one, whether it be, you know, beat the Rockets, lose to the Warriors, or vice versa. Uh, then Justin, we can get his. He, uh, he's out. Yeah, he's going to say two and zero. He's going to say two and zero. We're just going to put that in play now. That's a good point. Kamiar, what about you? I was going to say one and one. They'll probably beat the Warriors at home and then uh, probably be seeing something that isn't shouldn't be televised for children's eyes against the Rockets. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. 
So you guys are a little more optimistic than I am. Um, I've had a rough week with the Thunder this past week. If you guys follow my tweets, I've uh, tweeted out some things about the team, Mello, Russ, PG. I've talked about Billy a little bit. Um, we can go though, go down that rabbit hole if we want to here next week. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go 0-2. I just do not feel good about this. Um, heading into the playoffs, I'm not super optimistic. I'm going to go 0-2, unfortunately. Hey, it's uh, that's really realistic though, and it's it makes me sad. So let's not I talk know, about it. I know, I know, that's true. All right, All awesome. Right. Well, we don't have any five star reviews to read from this previous week. If you would like to have one our podcast read here on the show, just go over to iTunes, drop us a five star rating, leave a review, and whatever you say, whatever is on there, we will read it back. Um, we really appreciate all the reviews we've gotten so far. Uh, it's really appreciated. We appreciate all the love on Twitter and everything, and we're really glad that you guys are enjoying this. So thank you all for checking out The Uncontested. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at The Uncontested. You can find Kalmiar at BoomtownRW, Nick at Two Cranes, Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15, and myself at ThunderMob405. Hopefully this week we'll be hitting you with another mid-range podcast over another pop culture topic. So be on the lookout for that. And until then, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.